Chuck Norris invades Lebanon. Alf battles the elusive man, and Dave Chappelle returns to TV this week on 30 2010. 30 Dot list once again for our theme right. song. Yeah. Patreon.com slash hot dad, the slash creator of all that music. He can make something for you. Yes, and also mm-hmm. uh, shout out to mm-hmm. patreon.com slash laser time. Mm-hmm. The URL that keeps this show on the air. Yep. The fake air. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm your host, Brett Elston. Oh, Chris Antista. <laughs> Jesus, I can't believe I just did that. Right. Project Henry Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Goodman on a bicycle. That's not accurate. Like Kevin Bacon. Oh. Nice. Oh. We're getting there. Uh, but this is uh, our, weekly, our weekly pop culture show about uh, what happened this week, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. That means 86, 96, 2006. Uh, we're on the week February 12th to February 18th mm. of those years. As always, we start in the 80s. 86. That's my jingle, I think. We'll, we'll put it in I later. I thought we were going to harmonize, then I was all alone. <laughs> Six. Six. <laughs> that was... Beautiful. Um, TV, Disney's DTV. So DDTV. D- yeah, this was their Valentine's Day special aired on Valentine's. Oh, it is Valentine's Day. Yeah, this is Valentine's Day week. There's, just assume every sitcom in in at least eighty six and ninety six right. all had a Valentine's Day sure. episode. But this was how I was introduced to poorly to both pop music of the eighties and seventies. And to Disney animated shorts. It, in both ways, it hurts them because uh, it's like the original anime music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Disney had the footage of their classic cartoons. Did not want to present the racist black and white horse shit. So mm-hmm. they instead coupled them with pop hits. With Huey Lewis and the News. They, they, they had these on uh, VHS previously. I, had, I watched the VHSs all the right, time. Right, because I know yeah. I saw them before 1985. Yes, yeah. They, but this was the newest, this was a new special for <laughs> Valentine's Day. So, oh, on ABC. Yeah. Brett is and I don't know how he can hide this from the audience. And by right the way, now. it was hard to even <laughs> find the right Valentine's Day one because they had multiple ones. Yep. Like this, I almost got clips from Doggone Valentine's Day, but that's not it. That and was this a- is not just like Disney Channel Star for content. Disney also has two shows, I think, on network mm-hmm. and PBS Airwaves. Uh, Magical World of Disney and Wonderful, Wo- Wonderful World of Disney. So they're, they're making these compilation packages for... Is CBS and PBS at the same time? The 1980s were an awful decade for Disney. Mm -hmm. It was them finding what the fuck they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, Little Mermaid is three years away at this point. Well, yeah, because what I can't wait to get to, they they tried to acquire the Muppets. History shows they didn't Mm -hmm. quite do that. And there's an episode of like Michael Eisner welcoming Kermit the Frog at the Mm -hmm. Frog, them having a conversation about how they're going to work together. And they don't, and they break up. It's it's so weird. It's really weird. uh, This is, it shows you. I think Chris will appreciate this. This shows you how it works, how their specials work, where they would cut together scenes. This, in case you don't know, is Bambi. They're Twitter-pated. <gasps> well, it's not going to happen to me. Me neither. Me neither. Flower Thumper, Bambi. 
And then hello. Are you kidding? Yes. Are you kidding? And then Lionel Richie's hello just plays over footage of That's the ridiculous, because in this scene in the movie, they all get laid instantly. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the opening? They're Twitter-pated. Twitter-pated, baby. What is Twitter-pated? Twitter-pated is with the you animal kingdom. In falls in love with a... Uh, Member of only the opposite sex, because yep. that's the only thing that's allowed. Flower really should yeah. have been with somebody as gender fluid as themselves. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter painted, Twitter painted. That's what the. We're all just going to agree that's a word. It's smitten. It Disney's made it's up stupider Disney words. Word. It's yeah. like zippity doo dah or cal- super califragilisticexpialidocious. Right. I feel like it just bore some explanation. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I think it, it, it. This doesn't stem from Disney. Uh, it's. It does have some basis somewhere else. They're Twitter painted. Twitter painted. Well, Hanna Barbera did a similar thing. It was just. Mm-hmm. It's called, oh, just where they threw bongos down a stair. Uh, it's it's DTV because it's for the MTV generation. Mm. That's what it's about. They made music videos. The the other ones I really liked from it uh, were Madonna's "Dress You Up" in My Love, set to Cinderella. Chip and Dale, no, Chip and Dale. Oh, I wanted cartoon. to guess with no, the one she, woman with, Chip and Dale appearance that Japan seems to think should be a constant thing. Yeah, she's pretty sexy. Huh? She really is. Uh, and also, Elton John and Kiki D's "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" one of the cheesiest songs. <laughs> oh, of all time. I hate that song. <laughs> Couldn't if I tried. Oh, oh. Shut up. Uh, it's just the song. Yeah, the song just is just going to play a music footage. video with oh, uh, existing well, Disney footage. It's just not very good audio. Because, That's why I didn't capture many clips. Like, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's the 80s. Well, I was hoping they would at least get the voice actors to sing the and song. And when, when I yep. obsess so much over American Rabbit, it's because animation was a precious thing that was very hard to do. And most people... And like Disney's sitting on all this archival footage. So what they can easily afford to do is buy the rights to a Madonna song and mm. put all of their footage into it. And there's, they're actually playing these cartoons uncut beside mm. them. So I remember being weirded out. Like, is this an advertisement for the <laughs> thing you're playing next? Or what? Because it just oh, seemed yeah. like that sometimes. Yeah, well, I was confused. I mean, I didn't have the Disney Channel until 1990. So Never I, did, I, but obsessed over the free previews. I mean, I had the VHS. Now it's free. Play. It's a free channel with no with no commercials. Oh, my God. Free mm-hmm. free as long as you paid for that ridiculous cable system. Yes, yeah. and no, by no commercials means a two-minute Ubisoft ad <laughs> yeah. for Just Dance where they swear allegiance to Disney at the end. <laughs> This is yeah. it's very weird. Like it's, I it's saw, like I'm you I'm Disney and we approved this thing right. that we were paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for. When um, we were in a hotel last week, uh, I kept seeing flipping through the channels. I kept seeing their their breaks in between shows now, or even commercial breaks now for like that. So Raven reruns, let's mm-hmm. say uh, it would. It's like cartoons starring the Sum Sums. Like oh, the, the really? toys, wow. it's like CG things of them Is all. Is that like, how they're pronounced? Not some some. Might be some some. I think it's some some. But uh, they would like. Though it's like here they all are skiing down a hill, and here they all are trying to bake a cake or oh. play a trombone. And- I, you know, I think it is soon soon because that. That's the Americanization of the su sound in Japanese language, T-S-U. It's mm-hmm. su. So I think it is Tsum Tsum. I'm tempted. I saw a pretty nice so they, Spider-Man Tsum Tsum they made. When mm-hmm. they cover Naughty by Nature songs, mm-hmm. it's uh, Kum, Baby Kum, Baby Baby Kum Kum. Like, I, I'm not, I, I, Explain the nation of Japan to me. It's a cultural right difference now. thing, Chris. That's uh, why I have my body pillow here with me. <laughs> cultural <laughs> difference that you don't understand. Also, that uh, same... Time period of uh, the last days of Frank and Jesse James on February sixteenth, a TV movie starring Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson. Yeah, along with Marcia Cross. Like, so I feel old just this with that sentence. <laughs> Johnny Cash, star is, of Blade, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Cash is not a good actor. 
Uh, Chris Christopherson mm-hmm. actually had a better job of crossing over from being a country singer he, he to... He did some good acting, actually. To being I auditioned for A Man in Reno. <laughs> and so this is just... Looking at it, it's a very cheap-looking Western. It is a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like Cash was like, I want to make another Western. I got the hat already. And they just filmed it. And it's it's basically like the assassination of Jesse James, but starring these uh, guys. And Robert really? Ford is in it. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. It is about both of those guys to their death. Mm-hmm. Jesse is played by Christopherson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Cash plays Frank. Really? Marcia Cross is, is the love interest in it. She would later go on to be famous 20 years later on uh, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Uh, which for the some redhead. crazy Red. reason if you take the Universal Tram Tour that is a giant stop on it here's mm-hmm. a set of Desperate Housewives a show that's been off the air for almost a decade please ignore the cobwebs it was on longer than you think it was we stopped paying attention to it no but it I like, know but like it's like when you're doing a like things are filmed here hopefully someday we'll <laughs> make television again if we what? Just it's, like, vis- it's we, like the same neighborhood as uh, the, the, the Beaver House and stuff it's, it's, it's well, just been reused a million times totally totally but it's right after you Past the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas set, which is from the year 2000, 16 years God old, damn. and they're, they're treating it. Like so there's a, a clip prop. here. Sunday, it's Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash. It's Frank and Jesse James. They're wanted dead or alive by the law and the ladies. The most wanted man in America. It's an NBC World movie premiere. One last thing. The last days of Frank and Jesse James. Everyone wants to get robbed by Jesse James. Uh, can we uh, do that again? Uh, oh god, that's you, uh, great! I love take, that. I do love that commercial. Take the energy down, mm-hmm. all of it. Hey, everybody! He's got last days in it because they're gonna die. God, this guy's delivery. Johnny Cash is Frank and Jesse James. He is this close to Phil Hartman doing a voice and <laughs> John yeah. McClure. Yeah, I bet they recorded a straight, like a straight version of that, and they're like, no, 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 do the accent, do yeah, a cowboy do accent. accent. Well, he might remember me from the movie I started in with Conway Twitty. <laughs> talking about talking like we're in the forties. Um, also, <laughs> talking about cowboys in the news. Uh, Yul Brenner's infamous Ooh. posthumous. Oh. Anti-smoking at airs for the first time. Yeah, uh, this is crazy. It's. It, I, I learned about it from Dennis Leary's No Cure for Cancer. He makes yeah. an aside to it as if we all know what he's talking sure. about. I'm 13 years old. I'd never seen this before. But so like, when he said that on No Cure for Cancer, did Bill Hicks talk about that before <laughs> on the previous album? Uh, a lot of that stuff is stolen from Bill Hicks, for real. Um, I, I vaguely remember this, but mostly the memory came back from Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Like anytime there was a bald guy, they'd be like, "Yeah, Don't because smoke. he's talking directly to camera." Oh, and it's fuck, it's a, I never knew that was a reference to this. It's yeah. a, it's it's a real bummer that they didn't like. He's agreed to do this. He who's knows Yul, he's going to die. Who's Yul Brenner? Yul Brenner, Diana is King classic and I. film actor. King and I, Magnificent Seven. Uh-huh. Well, and dude, you you saw Westworld? Oh, yeah, Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. Oh, which one is he in? Westworld? He's the, ro- the, the Terminator. Terminator. robot. Oh, yeah. Terminator. He's playing a robot of himself. I gotcha. Now I guess. Um, so great. And then he shaved his head for like he wasn't really bald. Like he shaved his head for. Uh, for the King and, the King and I, and just kept shaving it, didn't mm-hmm. he? He looked cool. It, yeah, he, he shaved looked, his he head. Cool. And he's, he's dying of lung cancer and agrees to be in this spot, telling people not to smoke and that this commercial not be released until he's dead. So they waited a year. They, it opens <laughs> up with a. Uh, a, like not a eulogy, but that thing like R.I.P. Like Brenner. an opening slate that says Yule yeah, Brenner, like 1920. 1980, 1985. Uh, he is definitely dead and speaking directly to camera. Ladies and gentlemen, the late Yule Brenner. Really wanted to make a commercial when I discovered that I was that sick and my time was so limited. Once I make that commercial, it says simply, now that I'm gone, I tell you, don't smoke. 
whatever you do, just don't smoke. Ooh, Hard if stop I could take back that smoking, we wouldn't be talking about any cancer. I'm convinced of that. Oh, so what yeah. sucks is that like it seems like this is his pitch for a commercial about him speaking from the dead about mm-hmm. why you shouldn't smoke and they just filmed that like I would love him like really looking the camera like I am fucking dead yeah. I died early yeah. I could have lived a lot longer had I not smoked I miss you guys I hope you miss me and if you do stop smoking like you could do mm. something super powerful but I, I think in, in hindsight this did have the e- intended effect on the generation mm. who saw it Yeah, I we were too he, young I would think a movie tough guy yeah. who's known as a you know a cowboy mm-hmm. smokes and stuff that him telling you don't smoke like that's a it is a powerful message. And if we haven't said that, this, it, this is a year after his death. A year yeah. after his death, he's telling you how he died and how you can avoid it. But it is weird. Yeah, the whole video, he's kind of look, looking off yeah. to an interviewer as if to be like, I would love to make a commercial. Oh, he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And like, he seems We healthy. should do that. We and should it's do like, that sometime. Well, why, why don't we take a week, get a set. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, well, this could, be, could oh. make this really powerful. Well, you're going to die now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, we got to use this then. I have plans this weekend. I'll be dead after that. So <laughs> let's, let's just use what I just said. So for movies, 1986, uh, D- Down and Out uh, in Beverly Hills is still number one. Mm. Uh, would ultimately rack up $62 million uh, gross off of $14 million budget. Oh. But the big movie this week is The Delta Force, <laughs> starring <laughs> Chuck Norris and Lee Marvin. I, I just want to say, reading that these are the, that Friday was Valentine's Day, yep. yeah. and there are no Valentine's Day releases. Yeah, yep. Quicksilver, Delta Force, Terror Vision, Wildcats. Wow, Quicksilver, the... Uh, wow, Kevin the Bacon on a bike Bike, movie. on a bike well, movie. Because February right. was just a dead time for movies. But usually uh, yeah. you get something for yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah, but it seems story. like they're catering to male losers instead of female ones. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, man, even Wildcats, like, oh, well, it stars Goldie Hunt. Yeah, but it's a football movie. <laughs> but Delta Force. Delta Force. So, featured prominently in the Electric Boogaloo doc that was on Netflix. We just recommended, recommended that in an article, and I know, like, Laser Time fans are familiar with this, but the story of Canon Films, and I'm glad that... Diane is here because we always like to talk about Golan and Globus Yay. and the horrible shit that they did. Such as the Superman villains in Mad Max? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're the Israeli kind of producers are. that made uh, He-Man Masters of the Universe cast a person with no English language right. skill to play He-Man or like ruin Superman uh, right. for. Yeah, but before, that was when they tried to make a big budget films. Yeah. Before that, they made it cheap, fun, Garbage mm-hmm. yeah. that and then, yep. and then they just chucked it out all the time and it was chucked great. it out, huh? Mm-hmm. And then they yeah. were so and it was powered by the two Chucks as they call it in the in in Electric Boogaloo. Chuck Norris, Charles Branson, Charles Branson, and Chuck Norris. And hey, this is one of a million really. Chuck Norris vehicles they did. But this, but one of their more successful vehicles with Chuck Norris. It not only spawned yeah. two sequels; it's the only thing they made that spawned a direct parody. True. Delta Farce with Larry right. the Cable Guy and Bill Engel. Uh, but I mean, if you get a Larry the Cable Guy movie, it's not a but movie. It, but it's but sure, this is like, like movie loaf. This, this, and like we <laughs> talked about a few episodes earlier, this and Iron Eagle, like sure. this all really does, and we'll get to Top Gun, but this all really does show you how hot the, how hot the Cold War was. Yeah, for real. <laughs> or not that this is a Cold War thing, but just this idea of like, American just like I've had it I'm, yeah. we're gonna go just someone's gonna like break the rules and just go punch these people in the face I, and I, take what's ours I, and, yeah. I use Delta Farce as, as a good thing to bring up because this movie wasn't like a breakout success and it did have sequels but it met the audience it needed to yeah. and when Larry the Cable Guy decided to make a comedy and wanted to meet that exact same audience they yeah. wanted to conjure images of Delta Force well, they knew Delta Force was a cool name of a bunch of tough military yes. guys who killed yeah. people well That's they knew great. a bunch of 
bunch of fucking weird loner soldier of fortune reading men who yeah. love this Chuck Norris movies yeah. would love mm-hmm. their movie. Well, though this movie, I mean, this isn't just any Golan and Globus film. Globus directed it. Yeah, he directed like he directed like, directed. He directed like four movies. I think Golan. it's Golan as the director, uh, and yeah, he directed forty something movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not a lot for his own company. Uh, no, I thought they produced most of the stuff they directed. They, they produced everything, but like, yeah. but like. Oh, no, wait, as, no, it was it was Mannheim Globus. Yeah, oh, Menachem. but he, he did he did not direct. Menachem. He did he, he very Sorry. rarely directed, but he wanted to take the reins of this to, for this to be their flagship property. And again, if you, this all makes sense, and you're enjoying what I'm saying, if you watched Electric Boogaloo, and you should, it's on Netflix, and it's great. Uh, yeah. it's but I don't think of this as a Chuck Norris movie. This is a Lee Marvin movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, this is the last Lee Marvin movie. Oh, he's, he's the bad. Of, oh, is it really? Yeah. Did cancer get him just like Lute Eelbrenner? No, no. I think it's like a heart attack or something. Yeah. I mean, Lee Marvin's the greatest. He's a great cowboy he, bad guy my he's, he's the bad and the good the bad and the young no, no no that's Lee Van Cleef oh my bad who's, yes. who has a great final turn or one of his last scenes in um, uh, Escape from New York he's great in that yeah. but it, it's similar journey into the 80s being an old tough guy mm-hmm. similar Lee Marvin thing but Lee Marvin to me it, I, he's Liberty Valance and he's yeah. so good in The Man Who so Shot Liberty Valance the biggest the greatest asshole bully ever he's so great in that movie yeah. And so he collected a paycheck, but the story in Electric Boogaloo mm-hmm. is that making this film was hell. That it was, it, it mm. was. He filmed in Israel, I believe, which is where okay. Golan Globus are from. Mm-hmm. And they said it was crazy hot, and that they would film constantly and in the heat. And actors would like Shelley Winters is in this movie, and she asks, "Can we take a break? It's really hot." He's like, "We're gonna die." If in and. <laughs> Golan said to her famously, we'll film this, then you can die. Mm. <laughs> and it was also the classic thing of, in Golan Globus movies or in canon films, mm-hmm. usually non-white characters were not so great. And, uh, well, not this so is based this, on yeah. a real hijacking yeah. that actually did happen, and then they flew to Beirut, Beirut, and then they flew somewhere else, and they flew back to Beirut a bunch of times. Uh, but yeah. They, they did like their stock Arab baddies. Yeah, Although yeah. this time, one of the Arab baddies, the main Arab baddie, really Arab-looking Robert Forster. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Robert Forster? Yeah. Jackie Forster. Brown in the last well, episode of Breaking Bad? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah, that is their problem that they can't... I think the problem, too, is they needed a bankable person to be the main villain, mm-hmm. but they still wanted it to be a hated Arab, so they had... To, it was a difficult balance Not enough for Arab them. actors out there at the time, yeah. I guess. They asked Omar Sharif and he was like, no, <laughs> like go, watch, go watch He's the documentary. Go watch the documentary Electric Boogaloo and you see what kind of scruples these two <laughs> oh, filmmakers none. lack. They did not give a shit. Many, no. But and they also they have a great bit in it too where they say well, how do we sell this? Let's just make up a poster, Chuck Norris with a machine gun. Boom, we sold the movie. Like Chuck Norris, <laughs> Chuck Norris and a machine gun will be in this film and you'll want it. Like, like yeah. in the poster, he is somehow like the foreground subject riding a motorcycle and the background subject <laughs> shooting a gun that's him in the past yeah uh, so uh, Chuck Norris was always garbage by the way like his best <laughs> role ever was not talking versus right. Bruce Lee and it was all downhill from there like his beard is fine haha uh-huh, Chuck Norris jokes blah 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 he's great he's, on the Total Gym infomercial <laughs> he's really good at that uh, I'm more of a Bowflex guy so Delta Force was loosely based on the hijacking of TWA was. flight mm-hmm. 847 uh, two sequels were produced can you even guess the subtitles Jesus Christ no Delta Force uh, 2 
I was going to guess. Um, Please. Uh, freedom in action. The uh, air of bloodening. <laughs> that's, that's Highlander. Okay. Uh, Delta Force punches back. <laughs> uh, Delta Force 2, the Colombian connection. <laughs> and then Delta Keep Force. Keep on forcing. All right, so they're going to go up to drug dealers now. And awesome. And then Delta Force 3, the killing game. <laughs> I only want to watch Canon Films this year. Seriously. Now, I want to cancel every Monday night movie we were going to do yeah. and just do Canon Films all the Watch rest Electric Boogie. Uh, we also mentioned here uh, the theme, which was by Alan Silvestri, who did Back hey. to the Future, Flight of the Navigator, Free Roger Rabbit. Uh, was co-opted by ABC. How quickly you went over the best movies ever made. I'm sorry? <laughs> I thought that was you apologizing. <laughs> Flight of the Navigator, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to the Future. Some of the great, greatest soundtracks ever made. Uh, yeah. Uh, co-opted by ABC, NBC, ESPN as the theme song of the Indy 500. Currently on Sirius XM satellite radio. <laughs> For real. So, the Delta it's Force. Great. So this, right. so when when they branched out into showing the Indy 500 and other races, this became the sports theme. Sure, uh, and it's it's That's fucking it. perfect. It's yeah. so good when you see people trying to recreate an 80s sound like Alan Silvestri did. And he's a working composer. He's still Alan Silvestri. Shit. Yeah, Alan Silvestri and Vince DiCola are the two like <laughs> if you want to like 80s this shit up fast. Let me hear. Let me hear a little more. Crank it up a little bit. God, don't you want to just lift weights, and clean your house? I do want to pledge allegiance to something. <laughs> let me uh, so let me good. skip ahead like a minute. Fake trumpets. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. This nice. is a great. Uh, this is a great news beat. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were watching races on television, you were hearing this song uh, until from, from, from eight, 1988 to 2001, essentially. Yeah. Damn. You just couldn't live in that not post 9-11 world. Because if you if you like Delta Force, you're watching cars go in a circle because you're an idiot. <laughs> Man, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, what else we got uh, here? Nineteen six for music as we end up 19- as we end the eighties segment. That's what friends are for. That's what friends are for. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. new albums this <gasps> from Jermaine Jackson, oh, the fourth Jackson. Uh, Electric Light Orchestra and King Diamond. I have no idea whose people are. Yellow, baby. Yeah. Uh, Whitney's Houston, How Will I Know? Woo! Is the number one performing song it. of the week. I do love this song, and I was going to play it mm-hmm. but? to take us out. But it's from her debut album, which was released a year earlier. And it, it was a slow burn, and eventually mm-hmm. this album mm-hmm. explodes and, and becomes a huge, huge hit. Uh, it stays there for another week, How Will I Know? So we'll probably play that next week. But taking us out... Jackson Brown has an Ooh. album out this week, wow. as well as this same week in the next segment. Whoa! Wow. In 1996, famous pussy Jackson Brown. So I'm going to celebrate with somebody's baby. We're never going to have another chance to play this <laughs> song. Uh, we'll be back with more I'm still really like of all the shows that are out. I still Flash is my favorite. I really do. There was something that happened in the most recent. Oh, the most recent one I watched, which is the Return of the Reverse Flash. I couldn't figure out who that guy was. The last Eobard Thrawn. Like, well, I know in season one, Reverse Flash was the guy that's helping them now. Yes. 
but when he took off his mask, he's like a lighter-haired dude. That's because happened. Eddie Thrawn took over the body of Harrison Wells and replaced him. After going back in time, he's like, I gotta hide out, but I gotta be Harrison Wells to do it. That is the real face of Eddie Thrawn. Uh, the, the guy we saw, the Eobard Thrawn, in that week's episode was one from earlier in the timeline than the one who goes forward in time, to the, who, who is older, who goes back in time to kill the Flash's mom, and then who gets caught in the past, who then has to replace Harrison Wells to try to make the Flash exist earlier. Jesus Christ. I've seen all this and I can't, <laughs> I can't follow that. I've... That's Kate Crisis, the comic book podcast you must listen to every Thursday or Friday. Darkwood King has been invaded by Alf Hoppers. Please help. Hey, I'm hungry. Yo, want a Whopper? No problem. Just two ninety nine and a flame broiled whopper or large sandwich gets you your own elf. Four different furry aliens. Each comes with his own record. Cause we're doing the mailbag rock. These aliens are friendly, but they're getting out of hand. Ah, hurry, just two ninety nine gets another elf out of here. We do it like you do it at Burger King. Bringing us into 1996 is an incredible week for music. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Because this week in 1996, Tupac's releases All Eyes on Me, which includes California Love, which is bringing us in. I'm, I, know. I have a weird relationship with growing up in Florida. What is with your songs about California? <laughs> Get oh, over yeah. yourself. And then also this is like... California, city of L.A., district of Compton. So make the song about Compton. Like, is this about California? No, or but not? then it's no, like they got to shout out everybody else. Yeah, though. I mean, Inglewood is up to no good. <laughs> uh, Everyone knows that. It's a very, very small uh, well, song. Chris, you forget that this was in the middle of the East versus West rap at, battle at the when it was dying down. The ventriloquist battle. Literally Professor murdering. Yeah. Literally dying Professor down. These people were murdered, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into uh, the Vegas uh, like murder of Tupac later, but uh, the song's it, great and the music video. Oh, the music video is this the is, best. This is the period where like all these videos are lavish and beyond I- I- expensive. This is like, well, was, this is beyond Thunderdome. Is what this <laughs> <is>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, but the same week, uh, the Gin Blossoms. Hey, have, you're uh, talking my white language. Have uh, the album "Congratulations, I'm Sorry," which has yeah. "Follow You Down." Uh, the Fugees have the nice album, harmonica in there. Have the song, have the album, the score, which has "Ready or Not" and "Killing Me Excuse Softly." Me, the mm-hmm. Fugees have an album. The score. It is that yeah. album, that one. <laughs> but it's like two Jeez, of the two that of the, album was huge. Two yeah, of the biggest good. songs in the nineties. Yeah. So like all of those happen in the same week. So Tupac, Jim, the Jim Blossoms one is a little less important, <laughs> but "Follow You Down." If you're in the nineties, like that get was more important with the Empire Records soundtrack later uh, next year. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the Fugees, yeah, with "Killing Me Softly." But uh, yeah, two. I, miss you, thing. This, I mean, this is a, a whole scene again. From being in, being in Illinois, like mm-hmm. kind of like being in Florida, it was like I'm not east, what I'm the not fuck west. Happening in California. I'm just well, it, it's both. It's just like both of these coasts are are mm-hmm. at it, and I'm like, 
uh, I don't have any allegiance to either one. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, in Illinois, most of our shirts in like two thousands were like "I ain't afraid of no coast." I love it. No, so, in Florida, I wow. guess I was like, "Oh, I'm the I'm the East Coast, I suppose." But I didn't have anybody yeah. represent me yeah. until Bubba Sparks. I knew full well that we like an Uncle Cracker. I could say Eastside all day long, and like yes. nobody would say like he's not with us. Like mm. New York, Philly, like no one would. No one went to Florida as part of the right. East Coast. Well, I guess yeah. Tallahassee's more East Coast than <laughs> yes. Jacksonville, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, it stops at Atlanta. No one cares yeah, about probably. Florida. Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm. Dirty South. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are the East Coast dick. Yeah, you got to get, uh, what, Uncle Cracker, maybe, uh, who sang Butterfly? Uh, Crazy Town. Crazy Town. Ooh. Surely there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It feels uh, very Floridian, that song. Yeah. Uh, Puddle of Mud? P.O. Mud? Boo. Yeah. Anyway. P.O. Well, I mean, Mud. Well, Limp Bizkit is Florida. Yes. They are from my town, hey, Jacksonville, dude, this, Florida. Is, we're almost in the Florida era of music. Yeah. Of Limp Bizkit, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Marilyn Manson. The worst era of music? Bomb Florida mm-hmm. now. Yeah. There's something in the water that makes you suck. <laughs> I still love that gif of Bugs Bunny sawing. <laughs> it's yeah. great. Sawing Florida. It's great. Just let it go. That's a different animation mm-hmm. quality. Like, I, re- I remember that Bugs it's, Bunny it's, versus... It's in the late 40s. Okay. Uh, but he is trying... He's he doesn't understand why he's not enemy number one anymore. So he's trying to... Right, but the the way they draw and animate him sure. seems Bob different. Bob Clampett's... Uh, I believe that's a Bob Clampett. Or is it a Freeling, Chris? I, I, I don't know. But it's not... Well, it's not a... It's not a Tex Avery or Chuck Jones who are my favorite bugs. Because he, he looks like an adult with a beard. And I think yeah, that's what you're talking about. He Visually, looks like a he, dude in a costume. Yeah, he doesn't look like a rabbit anymore. Huh. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's huh. not as lapine as he used to be. Uh, movies this week, 1996. Muppet Treasure Island. Yep. <laughs> it's oh, it's no. not bad for an amphibian. No. Huh? No, no, no. no. The movie's not bad. No. No, it is. We're turning off a lot of our audience. Diane, I'm, I'm saying that because Muppet I, I know plenty of people in person and on the internet who think this is the best Muppet movie ever because well, it's the one they grew up with. it's the one they saw first then. Probably. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, good look, way to put it, it is a traditional... I, I think no, it would have been made more a little more sweet or maybe had some better songs if, if Jim Henson had been alive to make it, but it's not no, that different from here's the, the caper. Problem. No, here's the problem. The kid. Yeah. No yeah. other Disney movie has Star's like a, a human kid as yep. the center and everyone they else have, is playing second Jenny fiddle. They and Muppets Take Manhattan, which is a right. great film. Yeah, she's so a, much fun she's to watch. a adult person yes. that they're trying to help. That Kermit's trying to help out, yeah. not everybody ten else. Ten years earlier, they would have had Robin in his role. Yeah. Like Robin... The, the ten years later, flash. Jerry Nelson would be dead. Oh, yeah. Almost. No, no he's or in jail. Yeah, or in jail. <laughs> yeah, no, the kid's annoying. It doesn't work. No, Tim no. Curry, I feel, was wasted. Do not get me wrong, Diana. And I, I love need some Tim Curry. I love the Muppets. I hate this movie. Yeah. I don't like Muppet I... Christmas Carol. I'm okay with it. It's grown on me. It's got better songs. I softened on it compared to this, but Muppets in Space, Muppet Takes Manhattan, way better. Yes. Way Uh, better. Muppet movie, you'll never beat it. It's so good. Muppet Caper, I think, actually might be the best. So good. I'm going to play the trailer just because I'm going to try to find... A legendary treasure was buried on a remote island. And there's only one living soul daring enough to find it. Now, the captain is being pursued by pirates. Pirates! We're sailing for buried treasure. We're gonna be rich. I just want the one line from Kermit. (laughs) We got cabin fever. We lost what sense we had. I was trying. I was watching the trailer, hoping because the only thing I remember mm-hmm. of the whole because I never saw the movie, but I remember <laughs> him 
Kermit fighting with a sword, and he he says the line like, "Not bad for an amphibian, huh?" Mm-hmm. But it's that same wild, flappy Kermit arm, and because mm-hmm. that means awesome. the sword is going, I'm yeah. just like, ah! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I thought awesome. that was hilarious. But yeah, they seem to think there's some bad animation to kind of make him be able to sword fight. Hmm. I only watched this movie this, seriously maybe five years ago because it was the one that I had not seen, and I was like, I heard it sucked, but well, let's give it a try, whatever. And like, mm. I don't know if it was Disney's influence, but I don't like the Muppets acting as an, the Mercury Theater cast in different roles. Yeah. I like them being the Muppets in yeah. different situations, and I know that can tire itself out, but I literally love every single one where they are not in A Christmas Carol and not in Treasure Island mm-hmm. more than anything Isn't else. Is it space? Aren't they? I love it. No, no, they're just themselves. They're they just all themselves. they all live in a house. Um, uh, yeah, and it's all a bunch of soul songs. Is this it's like amazing. a sad farewell to uh, any cast members? No, it is a sad farewell with their relationship with Disney. This uh, is the one of two movies they produced with a uh, Disney. Disney wanted to buy the Muppets. Muppets. Jim Henson was a little reluctant because they didn't want the Muppets. They wanted Sesame Street. Uh, they wanted to be able to sell Big Bird merchandise from now until the end of time. And right. he said, I will do everything in my power to make sure you do. You can have Kermit. You will never get Big Bird. Right. You'll never get these characters. Uh, and he did. And they, they, they were sold to Children's Television Workshop. But like uh, this is the two the two movies made in partnership with Disney. The next one went back to TriStar uh, with mm. Muppets in Space. Well, now well, thank God HBO has this. Well, no, no. Now, thank God uh, Disney locked down the Muppets altogether. Because mm-hmm. Jim Henson Productions was smart enough to own all the Muppet movies. They, they always did. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty smart mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Also out this week, Mr. Wrong. Uh, oh, he always makes me laugh. Just so it's, it's, it's Ellen DeGeneres playing a straight person like right before she came out. But she's like, I don't want to marry this man. Man, Not that Ellen DeGeneres can't play a straight person, but it's just the idea of like Mr. Wrong and like when you see that in conjunction of her coming out or is she, isn't she, and her putting her hands on the chest of another man Bill trying Pullman. to kiss her. Like, Bill yeah. Pullman no, please. in no, the poster, no hysterical. It was not successful either. That movie. And then also like, out this week was... Oh, yeah. Could I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps put me to sleep. You could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Uh, Happy Gilmore. This, this is that's bizarre because I was a giant Ben Stiller fan. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the then unknown Judd Apatow's movies Heavyweights to see Ben Stiller in a cameo huh. because he was not celebrated yet. So he seeing him like Adam Sandler doing Ben Stiller a favor <laughs> by putting him in this film. I know. Um, though that character is the it's one of the most things I hate about Happy Gilmore now is yeah. that Happy Gilmore beats the shit out of every person in that movie mm-hmm. that wrongs him even slightly. This guy tortured his grandmother. There just there was no fulfillment. They should have had just a scene where Happy gets his grandma back and then beats the crap out of Ben Stiller. Ben that's Stiller, all, that's all way more talented than Adam Sandler. Absolutely. Has mm-hmm. been in... No, it hasn't been in worse movies. Not at no all. No way. Mm-hmm. No, but... I'm sure there's something out there. Nothing of his is worse than, like... What this the life of Walter Mitty or whatever that can't be worth a movie is fucking terrible, mm. but for okay reasons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it but, is awful, cloying, and and twee and disgusting. But, but when this came out, I was fourteen, and nothing excited me more than the concept of seeing a new Adam Sandler film. So, I I, I think mm. I saw this before Billy Madison. Yeah, because I saw him I out saw of order. I I was I on this. First. I was grounded. I snuck out of my house to see Billy Madison. That's what kind of Adam Sandler fan I was. I had his albums. I loved SNL. I was very Happy Madison is the name of his uh, production company right. based on this movie and Billy Madison. It's only two good movies. So like, <laughs> no, true. that's not t- entirely true. It's not true. But Ridiculous but, Six is, is oh god. <laughs> I didn't see this until it was already out on video, mm. and it it was one of those like the study hall teacher in high school is just like 
study hall teacher in quotes, but like I the, really the, need a cigarette. The football coach who couldn't get a teaching <laughs> job, so please be the study hall teacher because where else are we going to put you? Yes. It's just like, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to put a movie on. Yeah, so, kickball uh, tenure. Yeah. <laughs> and he put on Happy Gilmore. And at mm-hmm. first I was just like, I don't know I don't know what this is because I didn't watch SNL all that much. And I didn't know who Adam Sandler was. What are you gay? What? I just don't care. Like, it's another <laughs> SNL quote that makes me sound terrible. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, man, when he fucking, when Carl Weathers has the, the hand mm-hmm. and he's like poking him with his broken wooden yeah. hand I'm like that's funny and then he screams you're gonna die clown and breaks mm-hmm. the clown's nose off and the price is wrong bitch price is wrong bitch and all that stuff like <laughs> we're doing it, 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 Monday it, Night Movies will have this commentary so if you're patient yeah. we're gonna do a commentary on it it's a scene that would play out later in film in a film class in college when I would see Raising Arizona for the first <gasps> time where I'm the only one in the study oh, hall who's apparently not seen this movie and everyone else is like oh yeah well, this was your study hall sounds amazing this is, the, <laughs> this is why this stands out because this is the only time anything like this ever happened I am how like struggling not to scream with laughter <laughs> because I'm like 15, 16 years old and this is fucking hilarious. And no, everyone else is just no selling the whole thing. Like I, well, this no was last, selling. like God this, this was last year. I, this isn't funny at all anymore. And mm. I'm, just, <gasps> I, I, I meant to, I meant to mention because I watched Raising Arizona recently too because of the movie FX. In the movie FX, the uh, cop Brian Dennehy hates the most is played by Trey Wilson, a person I didn't know whose career was cut down pretty early because he died right after Raising Arizona where he plays... My name ain't Nathan Arizona. And he plays a shithead cop that Brian Dennehy kicks around. I've never seen that guy in any other film in my life. And he's he's in FX uh, doing nothing important. And that... (laughs) I I put on Raising Arizona immediately. He's like, is it true the kids were kidnapped by aliens? Son, I beg you, don't print that. <laughs> don't like, like I lost my mind. I lost my. That, if his mama sees that, she'll lose all hope. Exactly. <laughs> he is so sincere. And funny. It was like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, just such a practical Texan yes. man. Like yes. just, just. But, oh, well, I mean, I, I uh, so Happy Gilmore too. One of my, I just love the mindless violence of mm-hmm. it. That he could be so violent. The, especially sure. my favorite bit. Uh, Subway sandwiches are fucking sweet. No, the. Uh, <laughs> It was when he, he's, he's playing one of his first professional games and he like messes up something and then the oh yeah he he just whiffs on it and the guy's like boy you missed that he's like I know I just couldn't hit it I know oh, right yeah, yeah. and just fucking started punching him like, so someone uh, did that to another kid in my PE class <laughs> where he was heckling him from the bleachers like oh way to miss the basket way to suck blah, blah, blah. and he walks over like I know I fucking and he does that thing he pulls the dude's shirt off. And punches him, Whoa. and I was like, "Wow, the thing from Happy Gilmore." Because <laughs> you had also never seen hockey, too. No, and you you try yeah. to pull the sun, someone's shirt up over their heads, so they yeah. can't defend themselves. Yeah, yeah. You didn't go to any Blackhawks games, Brad? I no, think I not in Illinois. Up. I sure uh, did. If I worked in Twitter, I would design that equivalent because you guess <laughs> a little bit of that. Need that would, sometimes. You know. No. Uh, I, also, this line: "That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Suck my white ass ball." <laughs> <laughs> so the bit in case somebody didn't know is he's a hockey player who can't play hockey anymore yeah. and so he goes to play golf and of course he's too aggressive for yeah. the field and uh, Will Sasso's in it too uh, Will Sasso, Will Sasso. Uh, Kevin Nealon Kevin doing great. the bull dance feeling the flow you eat pieces of shit yeah. for breakfast I <laughs> they're 
There are a million great right, lines. I'm softening a happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh. And it was the beginning of his love of product placement. With other, the Subway <laughs> sandwich scene is funny because it's no, no, so It started in obvious. Billy Madison. All I ever want is snack packs. What the fuck are you talking about? That's snack a- pack brand pudding. Mm, 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 mm. I cannot uh, stand when he does a voice. Yeah, uh, those voices are terrible. Oh uh, this is also good, great. Though. Oh, God. Here we Just go. stay out of my way or you'll pay. Listen to what I say. How about I just go eat some hay? I can make things out of clay and lay by the bay. I just may. What do you say? It's not the same guy from uh, Wedding dirty. Singer, is it? No, it's the Dirty Work guy. He was also Dirty oh, I Work. I love Dirty Work so much. The Wedding so Singer much. guy was a little younger. Who was All right, settle was... down, prostitutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's, so it's this... a good... I look forward to rewatching uh, yeah. no, the entire no, I have again. no idea if it's actually any good there anymore. There are people but... I love and respect who... Th- who this is movie is canon to them. They love it a lot, and I'm sure it's fine. This also taught me a life lesson that I thought was very important that mm-hmm. I that I keep with me to this day. Mm-hmm. And it was very important for me through my adolescence and young adulthood, mm-hmm. when so many things would bother you that are actually not important, and you shouldn't internalize and get upset about. And I'm realizing I'm messing with my tie like Lionel Hutz. Like no. this, and this may shock you. And that thing is, <laughs> if you don't see what this is, uh, I was trying to fix my hoodie, but. Uh, when he's because it's all about what he's trying to get a gold jacket. Uh, like, he wants don't to remember. win to save his grandma's house, right? Remember? But Carl Weathers is doing a thing, right, where it's like uh, he had he's a trying gold... to teach him to be a putter, but he can't not be distracted by. But it. there's a thing about like he had a gold jacket, and the gold jacket symbolized like you know ha- you did great on this course, or you're you're a, you're you're in the club, or you're whatever. In the yeah, you're one of the masters mm-hmm. of golf, and he's like he has this line about. They're obsessing over this jacket, and he's like, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? And for some reason, that was one of the most profound lines to adolescent me that I ever heard, where I was like, oh yeah, nothing matters. (laughs) (laughs) But in a way that lets you, like, I'm I'm upset about this thing, this arbitrary thing that's in my head, and is in my mind is this cloud that I can't let go of, and it obsesses me, Mm -hmm. and it clouds everything I think and do and say, and all my motivation is on this totally teenage thing that's stuck in my head mm. and it's like gold jacket green who gives a shit like what the fuck ever like I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll get a different jacket who cares like just things like that and no so one else I do not care for Adam Sandler <laughs> and I don't know that I have seen any of his movies all the way through mm-hmm. would this be the one to watch no out of well uh, okay yeah maybe out of pure Adam Sandler film like yeah. I'd say maybe Punch Drunk Love is a better well, movie accepting no that's that, not a pure that's Adam Sandler not an movie Adam Sandler oh, this is where movie. I get confused because I Diana was a yes. giant Adam Sandler fan okay uh, and I I snuck out of my house for Billy Madison which is his first movie unless you consider Going Overboard his first movie which Ooh. we do Ooh. not uh, getting super nerdy here this is the second movie I thought his third movie was the Dan Wayne, Damon Wayne's comedy Bulletproof it is not his third movie is actually Wedding Singer which is great okay. Uh, wedding yeah. singer, Big Daddy. I, yeah. I is, but again, Diana. None of these are good movies. Yeah, right. You will not like the cinematography. You will not like the pacing. You will not like anything else about okay. it. Will I laugh? Um, I think in Happy Gilmore you might laugh though. If some of the yeah. best jokes have already been spoiled for you, like I don't. But he is. He's scene. very. Uh, he's still Sandlery. He's still gonna. Mm. And I'm not a big but fan. He's not like the I, Billy Madison voiceover. Like, yeah, but you do good. He's not the Billy Madison <laughs> human baby <laughs> thing. Okay, he is at least something of a character. He's at least. Yeah, some human being with a motivation. Right. I think that would make you like this one a little more than the others. You'd like okay. it more than Billy Madison. But, 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 I don't like, know okay. where that nets in out. In terms of like okay. what what Sandler actually did 
did do for comedy. Like character-driven comedy was not really a thing that was going on. There were romantic comedies and there were mm-hmm. these parody farces. And there was Adam Sandler was kind of the guy who ushered back in. Like, did you like Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I made up a dumb character and we're going to think of a stupid formulaic movie around him filled with pretty okay comedic like, I'm not going to discount it. I did love mm-hmm. Billy Madison you know at this point Ernest had done so much totally Ernest, <laughs> Ernest was almost dead at this uh, yeah, point yeah three four more years um, but like like this is and then like I love that the, the character Carl Weathers plays because this is something no one had ever done before yeah he gets his friends to star in his movies but he also gets like people who aren't being used like Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon who are all mm-hmm. great comedic people to yeah. play small roles and so like the Carl Weathers person comes back in like one second in Waterboy like the, the, right. the exact yeah, same yeah. character he plays God, here, and so like boy. just watching that, I don't love that movie, but it has moments, and I love that. Like, oh fuck, it's Chuck again. That's awesome. What a cool thing to do. And then also the you can do it guy kept coming back yeah. all the time too. And I'm glad Rob Schneider got to catch Chuck. So <laughs> you can do it. I think yeah. through Happy Madison, he's really funded a lot of the cocaine and uh, sex workers of. LA you don't have to like them, them now, and they don't hold up very well. But mm-hmm. I swear to God, Adam Sandler did something very great in terms of comedy and films that allowed people to do things that you do like now. Sure. We let's move on to something we actually like. <laughs> it was funny though, though uh, the, the the Bob Barker beating up Happy Gilmore scene, according to the wiki, actually increased the ratings for Prices Right with younger audiences <laughs> awesome. who saw that and then started to go watch the show. I and mean, at the time, it's not. Cute. It's I not, was into. I fucking I love Prices Right, dude. It is it is not summer. crazy to get an old celebrity to curse now, but like hearing Bob Barker yeah. like, beat the shit and saying the price is wrong, bitch, right, was crazy at yeah, the time. Yeah, at the time, yeah. And it says Bob claimed every day someone in the audience asked him about Happy Gilmore. Yeah, um, that was great. And he is a he's a black belt in karate, I believe. Bob Barker, <laughs> and he's a I, vegan, I think. Is I almost said I almost said was, but he's still with us. He's mm-hmm. still alive. Uh, but on TV this week, uh, getting tw- uh, oh man, we got to wrap this up. Uh, how did we talk that much about Happy Gilmore? Uh, Project Alf aired on February seventeenth. The return of Alf it's, that no one. It's wanted. not the return of Alf. Like the last the episode, yeah. the last episode of the fourth season ended with Alf being kidnapped by somebody with a spotlight, and you never saw who that was. And there was supposed to be it, some kind of payoff. And that was in ni- March of nineteen ninety. So yeah. it took si- six, almost six years. Six years to like. I remember watching it in syndication, like. I have it on tape because, like, I want to know what happens, and I'll be here first thing tomorrow to yeah. tape this again to find out how this resolves, and it just starts over. And like, what the yeah. fuck happened to Al? That lack of re- resolution drove me crazy as well. And so now, and then six years later, did you still care? No, that's why I no. don't care now. Right. I, I think it would have been better if they left it unresolved. And the movie's not great. Cra- oh, it's bad. Yeah. I was rewatching clips of it that. Uh, I have a clip that's legit funny. I quote this joke all the time. Behind the scenes on the ALF show, every actor hated the show because it was not easy Dude. like other sitcoms. They almost you had died to falling around. in ALF holes. Yeah, you had to work around a puppet. The, there was a story that the guy uh, who played Max, the father whoop, whoop, on the show, oh boy. Uh, Man. That he, no, wait, not that story. This guy. <laughs> that on his last day of filming, they filmed the scene, he went to his dressing room and got his, his, uh, his stuff. Drove away. Didn't do any goodbyes, nothing. He's like, I am contractually done with this show. See you later. I'm gone. Like, wow. that, he just left. Nobody else liked it. Alf- and you tell that story of the Simpsons writers when like they do an Alf parody and Alf is on the show and the, they, all, they all worked on Alf and like, hey, you know, I would have done the voice of Alf if you would have let me. So the co-creator of the show, who was, I believe, did work on some Muppet stuff, mm-hmm. uh, he... Uh, Paul Fusco, I believe it, or mm-hmm. Fusco, that he he is also Alf. So he's creator, co-creator, executive voice, producer, puppeteer. voice of Alf, and puppeteer of Alf. You cut to this film, that it's a TV movie, finally bring back Alf, and only Fusco and 
uh, the co-creator of the show, Tom Pratchett, mm-hmm. are back. Everybody else is gone. There's nobody there, and it looks cheap as shit. Yep. They don't go anywhere or do anything. They spend it in warehouses mainly. Yep. They do. They did get Martin Sheen, but Martin Sheen is on such a <laughs> oh low God. end of his yeah. career that you're more sad for Martin Sheen than happy that Elf got the. I'm telling you, there's a funny joke I stole and use all the time. I have a clip on there on on your sheet. I thought I'd open with a joke or two. No, no, no jokes, Elf. Here's one. What's the difference between a shower curtain and toilet paper? I don't know. So you're the one. <laughs> Fuck off. That's yeah, joke's great. Who's that the, joke's perfect. Who's the guy who's always the buzzkill in every movie from the 80s? I know. He's one of those guys. Yeah. He's that guy. I, I captured a couple of jokes, too. From Johnny him, Five, you can't be alive. Uh, they're not... They're... Good morning, Alf. May I call you Alf? If you insist. <laughs> well, I'm Dr. Warner, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do I have to come up with funny answers? <laughs> we wouldn't count on that. <laughs> not at all. During the course of these interviews, we'll also be videotaping. Ted Begley Jr. It's shown on hard copy. I'll expect residuals. Ah! <laughs> 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 yeah. oh God. Sit. I am sitting. No, 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 no. That's the first word. Sit. Oh. Uh, food. Sunrise. Breakfast. Square. Meal. Left. Overs. Should we stop and uh, get you something to eat? I could use a little snack. Yeah, it's not terrible. No, no it's, it's funny. not terrible. It's just so cheap looking, it's and when so you waited, when you waited six years to see Alf back, and then you just go like, yeah, eh, I'll back six years, but like, 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 like six years to the resolution of like, no matter what you want to say about Alf, it was. It was throughout all of our childhoods. There was animated was series on, so and like there was a story that needed to be resolved. That it took almost a decade to get to it, and it was this with no fanfare. It just came no, on Saturday night. I remember, like, I saw one promo. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, like this. This aired see. a night that like there was this weird community building you could just mm-hmm. rent in my town, and we would just randomly rent it sometimes until we caused so much property damage that we can never what? rent it again. <laughs> uh, story for another time. But that was one of the nights we were there for like somebody's birthday or whatever, and then someone was like, "You know that Alf thing's on tonight, right?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I realized like, "Wow, I was, I was probably, I guess I was what 86, I was 15, 96, 15. Mm-hmm. and I'm like, I was so into Alf, like I all those the puppets from Burger King and the yeah. records well, that came with them all, watched the show every single Actually, week. Alf premiered almost ten years ago, so it was only a couple. I'm confused. Yeah, it, wait, no, wait. I think it might be later I'm this confused. year. Yeah, it was 86 to 90. So yeah. it, when we get to September, we'll be talking about Alpha yeah. again. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, uh, just and yeah, that this happened randomly in 96. It, it's like it's the anniversary, mm-hmm. or there's some reason. It's just like, oh, we had nothing else to yeah. do. So yeah. here's Alf, and you're like, but. It feels like the pilot for a reboot of Alf, but he's surrounded by bad actors. It's yeah. just like empty. It's just lame. He's just surrounded by. Uh, Air Force duds. We know right. You, you want to hear a really weird story about this one? Yes. Now? Mm. Um, this got a theatrical release in parts of Europe, oh, possibly oh. all Europe. Mm. I know because I was walking down a street in Prague in 1998. Wow. And all of a sudden, oh passing a movie theater, I see not like a poster, but like something that someone printed out on colored paper mm-hmm. and stuck up. And the only thing I could recognize on it, it's all in Czech except for. Alf versus the U.S. Army. <laughs> and sometimes. And I'm like, what the fucking fuck is that? And they're like, blah, 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 Martin Sheen, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
Oh, was that that thing from TV like three years ago? Wow. <laughs> is that that thing? Is that that phenomena I think you mm. meant to say? There's also another clip I wasn't here. sure, like, wait, did this only Europe only? Is ALF like huge over here? Why do they would do that where they would be like any two-parter or three-parter totally. TV movie in yeah. the U.S.? Like, oh, it's a movie uh, in Europe. Uh, the, yeah. I just mentioned Wonderful World of Disney when they released Davy Crockett shit. Yeah. It would just go to theaters in Europe. And that's why I don't entertain that shit when we do this show. Like, it's yeah. not a movie for us. No. <laughs> it yeah. was television. Sorry. You got duped, we, Europe. We talked about it. The X Files laser time we did, mm-hmm. where Two Fathers One Son, I believe, mm-hmm. was released as a movie. Uh, but Ow. there's another clip. I wondered when we were going to get around to the Star Trek stuff. Ah, so you know about the Starship Enterprise? I know it's an icon for millions of people who don't have a life. <laughs> Ooh, take that, ah, ah, Elson. Ah, ah, that's for you. That's so weird to do in '96 uh, when uh, First Contact was about to be the big, <laughs> the biggest successful Star Trek movie since Voyage Home, which was also a huge crossover hit. I mean, it's a val- it's a totally viable series. <laughs> and the director of Fast and the Furious is doing the new. One. It's okay. It's bro. better than Star Wars. So. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, anyway, news. Let's blow through this bullshit. Kasparov defeats the computer. All right. Deep Blue. Yeah. Yeah. Deep Blue Blue beat him 4-2. However, he'll lose a rematch the next year. Uh, Kasparov was the youngest chess champion at age 22 in 1985. Deep Blue was made by IBM nerds, partly named after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy's Deep Thought. Of course. I I watched the documentary about this. Uh, The only bit was when he lost in the second match Mm -hmm. that... Kasparov contended that they cheated, that they that he was playing against a computer and he knew how to beat a computer because of how a computer would quote-unquote think right. and do it. But then a computer did a thing that a computer shouldn't do, and IBM says, yeah, it's a great computer. He says, no, you just had a guy take over and make the move a computer wouldn't make to trick me. And huh. so that was, that's still his stance to this day. This I guess this novelty of like a computer so smart it could beat the best chess player. Mm-hmm. Did this was this the end of that? Like I don't remember this ever I mean, happening we again. Lived through the the no, Watson well, the, uh, Ken yeah. Jennings thing and like that that was something that happened. Like that, it happened. That it, was amazing because it's a, you know the clues require context yeah. and there's I guess it happened throughout yeah. history. Yeah. Like people will pit yeah. us against a computer, but like. But with chess, I guess was it's just thing, it's a I weird guess. novelty. Like yeah, like I don't know unless real AI gets there. Like there's certain things like. I recognize this room as dirty. Do you? Right. Do you? Because I just um, bought a new poster and you tore it up, Roomba, and you're an idiot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Deep Blue could examine 100 million chess positions per second, but I bet it still couldn't tell you if it was on fire. So look, if I took <laughs> a computer and a baby and trained them for 10 years to be good at chess, I bet I'd have a baby that's great at chess, too. But like, it, it, it can't do anything. The baby sure, can still yeah. spend for itself and maybe fight off uh, uh, predators and stuff. The computer Raccoon. would never be able to understand that, right. never be able to adapt to that. Uh, so that uh, pretty much brings us to the end of the 1996. That sounded really anti-Android, and I apologize in advance. I know I've said some controversial things in the show. <laughs> I do not mean to offend any cyborgs out there. Um, taking us out uh, as we go to break, uh, we talk so much about ALF. I feel that I must play Dot Flist's ALF theme uh, because he did our theme song. And, uh, you know, I do love the ALF song for real, uh, but, you know, we'll do the ALF one. And when we come back, 2006. ALF, you're here. Our home is yours too. Our alien You're there for me, I'm here for you. You're there for me, I'm here for you. 
internet and all the ships at sea, this is Diana's Classic Corner. We look even farther back into history to find some classic movies that are worth watching. Uh, 75 years ago this week, February 18th, was Adam Had Four Sons with Ingrid Bergman. It's okay, I guess. It's like her second movie. It's kind of like Legends of the Fall, but like even more boring and without shirtless dudes. So uh, probably not a recommend. Then 50 years ago this week, February 18th, is The Silencers with uh, Dean Martin. That's the first of the Matt Helm uh, James Bond parody movies. It's the best of the bunch, that's for sure. And if you like Austin Powers, I'm sure you'll find uh, a lot to watch there. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a weak, weak, weak. I guess that's it. I'll see you next week. Uh, stay classic. Within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend their reach to the stars above. Surrender now or prepare to fight. There's a new way to battle Pokemon, and it's wireless. Pokemon Fire Red and Pokemon Leaf Green are here, and now you can collect, train, and battle in a whole new way. Only for Game Boy Advance. Ready for everyone. Bringing us in is The Knife Heartbeats, uh, a great, great song from 2003. That's who this is? Yeah, wow. which unfortunately is not well, part... This, this is covered like immediately in like a billion volts. The song is all over the place, yeah. Uh, it is a beautiful song and it is really great. I was going to peg it on Postal Service, but um, my mistake. Oh man, this song is so good. Uh, yeah, I listened to this a lot in 2006 because uh, our old boss Stephen Pierce mm-hmm. was really into dance music and like it, it, uh, exposed me to a lot of new stuff, um, including the album. Uh, I forget the album that this was off of, but this week, uh, the Knife Silent Shout, which was their next album, uh, and it had this song Silent Shout on it, but. If we're going to play a song from The Knife, it's going to be this one. Because, again, it's 2003, and we'll have to do this for like six, seven, nine years or whatever to get to never that point. So, and never going to happen. Uh, this is a great song. So, again, The Knife, uh, Heartbeats. You probably heard this song over and over, uh, recovered and elsewhere, but uh, it's really great. Um, also, this week, Beyonce's check on it is still number one, thanks to that Pink Panther bump, as has been the case for weeks and weeks. Uh, this show's a, premise is flawed. I could use a Pink Panther bump right now. If, uh, <laughs> I'd love some cocaine if that's what you're talking about. I'm not huffing insulation, Hank. Uh, speaking of movies, Pink Panther, still number one in the box office. Oh, I hate you, America. 2006 America was wrong. Yes. Uh, Just that one time, though. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck McCarthy. Well, furthermore, to show how wrong and garbage 2006 was. Uh, also, date movie? Oh, the worst. Let's talk about these movie movies real Go quick. for it. Oh, I thought they They're the worst. Not they the Tina Fey, Steve Carell movie. No, no, no. Like, scary, no. like, epic movies. Epic scary movies. movies. Uh, scary movies. The only thing that's movie about them is... Is their title? They're not actually movies. They are absolutely yeah. not films. Aren't they and just it, like fam- the Family Guy bit of like here's a Except, reference? Yes. Yeah. 
yes, that exactly they are they are yeah. Facebook videos. The movie, yes, yeah, but they they try to get so far ahead of stuff yeah, that right. they base all the jokes on stuff that's in trailers, trailers and yeah. sometimes and sometimes they get wrong like what's going to be popular. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember right. seeing one of the ads for one and like made a bunch of jokes about Jumper because yeah. Jumper was a thing that almost <laughs> You'll happened. Have to explain that to somebody one year later. Yeah, and it's made as no, they're, they're the worst disposable garbage. They're made crap. as cheaply as possible. They star no one. And well, I remember, this I, one's got Allison Hannigan. She deserves better. So this great. shows you too. Each movie got less and less famous people in it. Like the most famous person in Meet the Spartans mm-hmm. is Kevin Sorbo. That shows Ouch. you, or I guess Diedrich Bader. And maybe. the second most famous Aww. is the Lee Britney Alone kid, who is yes. literally in that movie. And that movie's the mm-hmm. worst because I the Meet Spartans is the only one I've watched all the way through because I was hating myself and I think I was at a hotel on a business trip <laughs> and just was like, let's kill time this Saturday. Uh, and it, it it just every time they make a reference, they don't trust the. They think the audience is the stupidest person ever because mm-hmm. Spider Man will show up. That's all. Like there, there's Spider Man and Spider Man make a joke, but there will be a narrator who says, "But then she transformed into Spider Man from Spider Man Three. I was like, "Fuck you, fuck mm-hmm. you!" You have to say everything. Wait, to a narrator so- says that. Yes. So not even just like someone goes, "Hey, look, it's." Spider-Man. There, there well, seems to be no else, implications. Well, then there's a Grand Theft Auto San Andreas joke in it, <laughs> and a character will say, uh, enough of these violent video games, and then he'll turn into a Transformer, and someone will say, he turned into a Transformer. This is shit that happens in yeah, this. Like, I, it's the worst. He could have just done, you want to be funny, Grand Theft Auto? I need that shit you drive. Good. Yeah, Everybody would have gotten that San Andreas joke who played the game. Not those ever. guys still make those movies. Did they you read that article about, about those guys? That they're like the yes. ultimate beneficiaries of Hollywood nepotism? Yep, yep. <laughs> I forget they're who their the parents worst. are, but like they, they have they're, never they're done anything. They're rich kids who like knew a producer, knew a producer. Like, oh, you guys want to be writers? All right, here, you can write. And I think right? there was a news story this like thing. within this year that says like these aren't happening anymore. No. They had a lucrative, extensive contract. I, I guess lucrative for what the movies are, which are because <laughs> well, they're cheaply made. Because I mean, the Spartans, like the third bucks. biggest star was the guy who didn't say a line in English in Borat. Yes. Like that yes. was that was one of the yes. stars of Meet the Spartans. Mm. <sighs> yeah, mm. it was ridiculous, and that they still got to make those movies. It makes you honestly like excited when the Wayans brothers came back and they're like oh, oh thank god oh, we're making these thank like cool, finally some auteurs are back on this thing oh, wow well at least they've had like one good joke mm-hmm. in the last 15 years mm-hmm. the sure. date movie guys have never had a good and joke and at the very least they have a style now that style may verge into rampant homophobia and misogyny but it is a style as opposed to no no and style at all making also shitty obvious jokes that aren't very funny no but I guess Someone they work for 10 year old boys so <laughs> Ten-year-old uh, boys who've had massive head trauma, <laughs> but who really do want to masturbate. A me, lot. me, yeah. me! <laughs> wow, man, we got Chris Pegg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, that was a anyway. That was a butt joke. Uh, also, this week, uh, Eight Below, uh, the uh, Paul Walker rescues the doggies movie, yeah. uh, which we almost watched the week he You're died, welcome. and we wanted to have. We, we'll I created, talk about it this year. I created a Facebook group called The Walker to Remember, mm-hmm. and we would watch two movies: the first Fast and the Furious, and then I was like, "Let's watch Eight Below because it'll be a fun to watch and him cuddle with wolf dogs." And I, you're like, "No, no, no!" I respect the programmer at all times, and I'm like, "You don't want this. You have never seen the movie Running Scared." <laughs> True. And that comes out this year, and I cannot. You, we have to watch it again before that happens. I it is so much fun. Had so much fun with Running Scared. It's really good. Run Scared or Running Running Scared. scared. That movie was insane. It's really good. I uh, can't wait to talk about it later. Also, Freedom Land. I don't know what that is. 
Ah, uh, oh. shit. I do remember what Freedom Land was. Oh, God that damn it. Was the, I want to see Julianne Moore. <laughs> oh, no. Oops. That was Alf hiccuping. That was an old sound effect. Yeah, I I feel like this was like a prestige sort of drama that nobody Mm -hmm. cared for. Well, they they made it... By the February release, it tells you they thought it could be out in December, and then they realized Mm. it wouldn't get Oscars. A black police detective must solve a strange case of kidnapped boy and deal with a big racial protest. That's the official IMDb description. It doesn't read very well. Samuel Jackson, Julianne Moore, Mm. directed by Joe Roth. Edie oh. Falco. Oh, man. William yeah. Forsyth. The list goes on. Anthony Mackie in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. Good yeah. casting. No, it's Mark a good cast. Peters. It's probably even all right, but I bet it's just it's made for 40-year-old moms. Like, that's mm-hmm. it's for. Mm-hmm. Who, who read all the Alex Cross Are books. you tired <laughs> of there not being any more movies based off John Griffin books? John Griffin. John Griffin. I'm sorry. That's my friend. You know, we met John. John Griffin. His mother is literally Lois Griffin. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. Hold nice tea, mm-hmm. but uh, one thing I did notice about Heartbeats because you said it was covered so much, like, and it was covered and used in so many things. It was covered on Jose Gonzalez's debut album. Who? Jose Gonzalez would do the song "Far Away" for Red Dead Redemption. Oh, is that, that's ah. the, the song I'm talking about. It's a Volkswagen commercial and where then, they, they drive in like through fireflies and shit. Um, uh, I guess. I yeah. mean, it was used a lot. And then he also did a song for Life is Strange. But uh, I, In my day, people used to wait 10 years to do covers, not 10 minutes. I'm it was kidding. pretty that quick. Never happened. Again, I can't recommend The Knife, Heartbeats. That whole mm-hmm. album is also quite good. Uh, anyway. But I heard it I heard it second. I was surprised sure. that because of that commercial. TV, mm-hmm. Inside the yeah. Actor's Studio with Dave Chappelle on February 12th. Oh, that was weird. That was, His this, first interview yeah, since quitting uh, Chappelle. So it, this it was takes the, a little bit of a history lesson. It, it well, just you give that one. This yeah. one is just that, like, inside the actor studio is slowly becoming a de facto talk show, uh, and this mm-hmm. is this is just broke the barrier after after this. I think Billy Joel came on, yeah. a guy who has who's literally never acted in anything and hasn't put out an album since '94, mm-hmm. and that's I just what you that's do, James. The Lipton. ratings just can't. They're, they're yeah. like, yeah, this is yeah. what the ratings were. We can't get Dustin Hoffman every week, or Tom Cruise, but yes, to talk about acting. I mean, well, first off, yeah, inside the episode, Dave Chappelle, tell me about the role of. Pinball and Conair. It's impossible <laughs> to not like do the David Cross imitation of James Lipton. Who dares disparage Ryan Dawn? <laughs> Carrying a Lipton, who did nothing less than redefining the universe. <laughs> so good, but it's yeah, it is a work. It's inside the actor studio. It's the actor studio, which was like apply all of Hughes to my visit. The home of method acting in New York was taught yeah. there with like uh, anyway. Strasburg was the name. Strasburg, Strasburg. Thank you. Or Strasburg taught method acting you know Brando went there mm-hmm. all these type of people but they would interview actors about their craft and go like film by film you did this an in interview this conducted by the this. writer of the Thundercats theme song <laughs> yes that is a weird that, that can't so be true about, okay <laughs> meanwhile mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle was a comedian who was grow- going up the ranks in the 90s he was one of my favorite stand-ups at the turn of the century and stands the, up he was uh, one of he my. Was, he was prolific as a stand-up. Oh, he yes. was amazing. Like like people my age, amazing. white people, were talking like him because his yes. delivery system was so fucking funny. Yeah. But then in two thousand three, he got a Comedy Central sketch show that vaulted him to like superstardom and made yeah. Comedy Central even bigger than it ever was before. Yeah. Like, there was got, there was the MST three K Comedy Central we loved South Park. There was South Park, and then the next level. The next was, level Chappelle, Chappelle show. Chappelle for show. Sure. Well, 
there was also I guess yeah, Daily Show hadn't blown up quite as much yet. By two thousand three, kind of yeah, it hit its stride. If, if, you, if you can go back to, yeah. to emphasize that to get the promos, because I knew who Dave Chappelle was, sure. I was yeah, excited for him having a show. I was there day one, and he was he was his promos were like, "I'm not Chris Rock," or like, "I'm the show you won't watch after Reno 911." Like taking mm. the, <laughs> the attitude that like yeah. that's a more popular show than me. And we talked last week about Arrested Development, kind of like becoming profitable on DVD. This is the perfect example of yeah. that. Oh, like yeah. one week later, so they did the first season it did all right it did good it did really good it got great ratings yeah and then the dvd came out and then the second it, it did huge it broke and nobody saw it coming it's like yeah. hollywood put is putting out its latest movies and they're all being beaten by eight episodes of dave chappelle's <laughs> yes. comedy show and then the by next, a long shot and then season two comes out even bigger including mm-hmm. the rick james sketch which yeah. is one of the most like celebrated sketches of all time or at least of this millennia the milk's gone bad and then <laughs> which sadly <laughs> Dave Chappelle had getting, gotten repeated to him 8 million times. I wish I had four arms so I could give the city's sports <laughs> thumbs down. I don't I don't like it. I, do not yell at Chappelle when you see him in no, concert. That is the worst. That man. sketch is still... So, it's a great no, idea. No, that sketch is hilarious. And the first time it aired, I remember this girl I was dating at the time over at her house. And we're both laughing so mm. hard. We had to watch the midnight replay yeah. because we I missed half that. the jokes. Yeah. So we were just like, I don't even know what the rest of the show was. Yeah. Yeah. There were... Uh, now, there's a lot of Chappelle show that's not worth remembering because there were bad sketches. Yeah, what if Godzilla was black? Yeah, He'd smoke a blunt in a volcano. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, you should be bad. ashamed of. Now, the problem... So <laughs> Gotta then, fill time, man. So and then into 2004 into 2005, Chappelle doesn't want to do it anymore. He hates the show and he hates what, what fame has done to him. Mm-hmm. And... But he's offered $50 million the, to two more seasons. $50 million on the strength of their DVDs. And he's also, Dave Chappelle's a really grounded person as far as I can tell. He's living in a farm in North Carolina to stay away from the Hollywood system to raise his kids away Ohio, from that. But, it doesn't but he matter. But he's, like, he's living in the middle of nowhere yeah. to avoid being part of show Absolutely. business. And then four episodes into that production, he realizes he doesn't want to do this anymore. Just leaves. Like quits and leaves. And... That show was garbage. The epi- like the sketches they show that they did record. I was like, oh, this yeah. is not good. Yeah, they did like not the good. Lost Season or whatever. Yeah, the, there like, were a couple. What of if a black really man was a werewolf? Like, <laughs> yeah, but the, but the Cribs guy who ate nothing but pterodactyl eggs. Like that was fucking awesome. That was <laughs> and good. I like the mm-hmm. opening sketch of it where everybody's threatening him for his money when he hear yeah, he's getting paid fifty million dollars. The, the guy, the guy. Well, yeah, there's that. The, but there's also like the, the the theme song guys who are like, where is he? Yeah. Oh, where, yeah. Where, where'd he go? Yeah. Like they even they came back to record new things. Yeah. And so he disappeared. Nobody heard from David Dave Chappelle. He didn't want to do press. He did a small interview in I think Time Magazine because I was obsessed. I was following this. Obsessively. I wanted the answers. I yeah. Wanted I wanted to know what it was up with. He went to Africa. And um, people were saying he went crazy. Mm-hmm. That was right. the saying. So cut to February of to this the, this episode two thousand six. He is on Inside the Actor's Studio and is finally given some answers and the audience is loving every second of it. I found Everything out- he does, they laugh at, yeah. though. And he, 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 point, he points <laughs> it out. Yeah, he lights a cigarette. Which he, is he can always, light a cigarette funny. It always cracks me up when, you know, people smoke during interviews because that's sure. just not done anymore. It's a dick cavity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of an F you to do it and it's yeah. like punk rock in a way that's it's also like, oh, great, I'm glad you're giving and it that. At the time, I, as a fucking smoker, I love that Dave Chappelle would smoke in public because yeah. like mm-hmm. no one else would really do it. So, and anyway, he got to do his God, interview and put it. it all out there and he, he talked about 
why he wasn't crazy. And the, that's the first clip there. He's not uh, crazy. First clip. Why is Dave Chappelle going to Africa? Why does Mariah Carey make a $100 million deal and take clothes off on TRL? It, a weak person cannot get to sit here and talk to you. Ain't no weak people talking to you. So what is happening in Hollywood? Nobody knows. The worst thing to call somebody is crazy. It's dismissive. I don't understand this person. So they're crazy. That's bullshit. No. Yeah. I I think I remember like reading Doug Stanhope's blog and like when you quit calling him crazy, like mm-hmm. you have no idea what it's like to walk away from twenty million dollars. And and like mm-hmm. and you, you can't fathom like, it, yeah. so you think it's crazy. You look back mm-hmm. on it now and like why it does read as people are pressuring him pressuring him to make bad stuff. Because he should make money. Yeah, because and, he's a money-making machine for like yeah. for like a hundred other people. Uh, but now you know we. But at the same time, we judge artists so much for taking. We were just making fun of Steve Martin for taking easy money and just sure. doing garbage. Mm-hmm. When we'd have more respect for him if he quit. When he if he got to the Pink Panther set and was like, "This is trash. Fuck off." Like mm-hmm. if he just left. That's what you. But wish. then he's crazy because he walked off the set. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mix that with like Dave Chappelle is is mentioning that Mariah Carey thing. He does talk about how Mariah Carey did that on TRL, which was was really weird. Well, he had, he had to say it on Letterman recently. Like, I walked away from like twenty million dollars, but like, I was you the American public just got to know me. They don't understand that I'm already a millionaire. <laughs> that I, that I, I can yeah. do stand-up anywhere I want. All the, In the stand-up community, I'm doing fucking fine. I don't need this. Yeah. And I, I was. it was very easy to walk away from something I wasn't proud of. Yeah, which he was right to not be proud of. And the only thing I will blame Dave Chappelle for, really, is that by stopping doing his show... Carlos Mencia got to make the same show. Dave, oh. you got a lot to atone for, buddy. That, the Carlos Mencia show would not have happened if they didn't have a Chappelle-shaped hole to fill. And, of course, Carlos is going to show up and be like, I can do exactly what Dave did. Like, I'll just do it. Everybody hates me anyway. It's kind of like the, you can you can, you can tell how bad or how you can tell how bad a comedian or comic writers are when they can't get any good people you like and stuff. Yeah. Carlos Mencia never had any other comedians on the yeah. show. Like, never good. The best he could get is, like, somebody who is currently on Mad TV, which yeah. is, like, who... That's not even a famous person. Like, and same deal with Epic Movie. Like, well, these people worked on Mad TV. If it's not Key and Peele, they don't matter. I just remember somebody was asking Blaine Capetch, like, what have you been working on? He's like, well, I was writing on Mind of Mencia. Don't judge me! Don't judge me. It's a paycheck, man. I have a kid. Yeah. So there's a second, yeah. a second clip from Chappelle? Uh, yeah, this is just... Where they try to even talk, they talk. They talk about his his work, his leaving the show so much that when they try to get it to talking about the craft of acting, like Dave Chappelle just laughs at it. Mm. I'm sorry, man. For me, it's a little surreal being on the acting studio and just to see you like, and then you did half bake. <laughs> what was your process? Yeah. Your process for half. Dave Chappelle is the best, the best. Yeah, we've been Dave lucky Chappelle. to be. I mean, you've he, been he, lucky. Well, he's a he does he's very temperamental though. Yeah, yeah. we got. No, to, I don't think we, that's the case. No, we, were, we keep hearing about him doing a stand-up show. And, I don't and think you can do a show weird. when people are screaming. Yeah, because yeah, no, and that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, I went he to have one, music to drown out an angry yeah. crowd. I went to one like probably five years ago at this point, where it's like he's going to be in San Francisco tonight, mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit so we all hustle and get the tickets and go there and man they like 
take your batteries out of your. This is yeah. back. I think it's pre iPhone, so it's like take your battery no. out of your phone. They're like you got to prove to me that this shit can't possibly he, be on. You can't record anything. Year, he, the Seven new- drink minimum. So many rules. Yeah. And then you get in there, and he's like, eventually the heckler is going to come on. But yeah. some the moment someone starts yelling lines mm-hmm. like. Bouncers just like come out of like T one thousand out of the ground, like <laughs> immediately ejected. They can, wow. because they're like if in, if anyone Good. quotes one line of Chappelle show to him, he will leave because he's mm-hmm. so over it and doesn't want to fucking he, talk about. There that was shit. a news story this year. Dave Chappelle at his stand up shows has partnered with a new technology firm. <laughs> Yeah, that has like has created like some kind of envelope or basket or like some time release locker that you can carry in yourself. So you can like when you come in, you have to put your cell phone in this like pencil pouch from like, uh, but it locks up and you cannot access it while the show is going on, and you cannot get in unless you unless you do that. I like that. I like that, man. And we we got through a lot of years of that ever without being instantly reachable all the time. Like don't. I, yeah, but I also heard some shows where he he would just stop and just stare. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, no, no. you need to be. But if I'm, you just walk off. That lets everyone know what happened. And he, but he just. But when you sit there and you, stare, that there's we're not sure what because happened. of what we just talked about. There's video of that happening with the person holding the camera screaming, "I'm Rick James, bitch!" And right. him saying, "Can you please stop screaming that at me?" Yeah. And the person holding the camera is doing it, and somehow yeah. feels burned that they're screaming at the person yeah. who's trying to talk to them. My favorite. I haven't seen him live since moving here. Well, I, no, sorry, ever. I've never, I've never seen him. Never seen him live. But. Um, our friends. This oh, is... wait, we did. I saw him. Uh, I you yeah. saw him. I bumped into a, a, a fella and Heidi. My girlfriend's like, "That's Dave Chappelle." I'm like, "That guy's way too jacked." And I can make all the jokes that you are the most racist person in the world to thinking every black guy is Dave Chappelle. It turns out it was Dave Chappelle, and he was going to see Bridesmaids Alone yeah. in the Bay Area because he's awesome in a public theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, but. Uh, my favorite story I heard about seeing him was from uh, the Barretts, our friends Charlie and Cherry, that they. They saw him and he just kind of ran out of, like, not ran out of material, but he was just like, nah, what do you guys want to hear about? And I believe Cherry was the one who said, you've got mail! Because that's... <laughs> you've got mail. Yeah, she loves you've got mail. She's a fan of that movie. And he's in it. It's easy to forget he's in You've Got Mail. And he was just like, ugh, fine, all right. <laughs> and he tells a funny story about You've Got Mail. It, I, so, I don't know. I, he's definitely has his ups and downs, but... If an artist is temperamental and protective of his work, like I feel like it's, I don't want to be on the side. And these days, I don't want to be on the side of business to be yeah. like, you should mm. just be better at giving me product. Yeah, it's like yeah. I think as as a fan of Dave Chappelle, when he he left the show, and I watch him on the, I do, I even occasionally watch the clips of him him on Oprah. It's hard to understand what he's saying when he says why he quit the show, and because mm. I can't justify that because I'm starving and can barely pay my rent, and I don't understand why you just can't take twenty million dollars and shut your mouth. But when you when you step away from that, it, everything he says makes sense. From the terms of an artist, someone who is free to work in whatever space he wants, he didn't need the fucking money. No, no. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it was also just man. It, it's so weird to think how ubiquitous those yeah. episodes became. He's the first where it's person, like, like the main everyone sh- quoting all of it all the he, time. The first mainstream show I remember, like that, it was just one quick thing. He's like, I've been playing a ton of Grand Theft Auto, and he does that like. Yeah. filmed impression of what it's yeah, like to play yeah. Grand Theft Auto and we were working at a place where like the whole world hates video games or is yeah. not acknowledging them and he's doing this mainstream sketch of them yeah. it, it created that I need. I this. mean a million YouTube videos have been made because yeah. of that yes. like and, just that scene and I remember I was watching the birthday boys and I this is my fault and I'm like
like, I don't understand where their mind is coming from. And then I realized because the format Dave Chappelle created was that you come on stage and you introduce your sketch and where you got the idea. Then mm-hmm. the sketch happens and you come back and you do follow up on it. So the fact that the Birthday Boys is the only show, only sketch show on television that doesn't have Key and Peel or Nick Swardson coming out and telling, Ackerman. yeah, or where the idea came from. And I just couldn't handle it anymore because Dave Chappelle recreated the sketch format so that like singular minded uh, mm. comedians could come in and make their own show. Right. A ton of them, Nick Kroll, like it just keeps happening. That's Chappelle built that period. That brings us to the end of the show. Mm. Yay. That that was one and gave word. Us Bill Burr. One, Bill Burr is the best. One word and one <laughs> syllable. I just did. Uh, but that's the end of the show. You can find out more on LazyTimePodcast.com where you can follow all the articles we write, the streams follow we do. Follow our articles. Follow and read and subscribe to the website. Uh, you can uh, rate and review on iTunes, as always. Helps us Pit out. Pit me on Peach. I have no idea how that program works. Uh, I also host VGEmpire.com video game music podcast, uh, where we recently did an episode about Splatoon, which I teased last time, but it wasn't one of my favorite game soundtracks of last really year, good. so check it out. Oh, Laser Time. The show that started it all, I keep saying as if that deserves that kind of fanfare. It just it's happened to be the first thing show, we did and gave the Chris. site its name. Everybody seems to hate it now compared no. to these other shows. Nah. Uh, whatever. I'm just saying. I, I used to love doing this show, but people don't seem to like it anymore. They hate me. Mm-hmm. This week's is about the world's horniest mad scientist. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, it's also Talking Simpsons, the weekly exploration of the history My of Talking Simpsons. My dealing is tingling. We go through every episode of we go through every episode of the Simpsons. Chronologically, we're near the end of season two, and you can hear the first season on patreon.com slash laser time. If you're one of our wonderful patrons, you get that and so many other things, including a bonus podcast. And I also host Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast you should be listening to every week. And I also appear on a pro <gasps> wrestling podcast called Cheap Pop Cast. I'm out of breath on your behalf, Henry. <laughs> uh, my better half does Video Game Apocalypse, which is all about video games and video game related things. Mm-hmm. I'm not on it because I don't know anything I'm about I'm on that show stuff. occasionally. Yeah. No one likes me. Occasionally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Meh. Uh, we are now in, as always, we end the show with a little thing I like to call... Oh, birthday! The birthday sex. Does anyone even like this? I, I can't, I can't I even, like I love that I can't even tell if it's, just like, if it's just like, oh, it's the birthday thing. Birthday! birthday. Uh, so birthdays in this time period for the show, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, gave nothing to pop culture. Which, I mean, you know, we get President's Day and all that, so... No, he he like overshadowed a good actor's performance. That's what he did. I see. Uh, Christina Ricci, Arsenio Hall, Josh Brolin, Peter Gabriel, Henry Rollins, Chuck Yeager, somehow still alive. I really feel like you were announcing the people attending a 1989 episode of the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> and Simon Pegg! <laughs> did you know that Simon Pegg and Rob Thomas have the same birthday, and it's Valentine's Day? Man, that's smooth. Wow. Man, that's so smooth. It's I, so smooth. It's like it's seven just... inches in the midday. Uh, Ice-T, like Michael ocean, Jordan, I mean. Dr. Dre. Yeah, with my birthday. Thing. John Travolta and Billy Joe Armstrong, who we talked about. Wow, hey. what a bad episode to do that in. Uh, and now for the quiz. Ooh. <laughs> I just <laughs> love this song. noise in the back. No one can hear uh, it. The Delicious Home Movies uh, mm-hmm. song. Thank you again for this. Uh, born in 1944. Ooh. Oh, 71 years old. This is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right, Army- right now? Yeah. Alive. Still, still alive. Mm. Army reservist who was called to serve as he was running for Congress. So he had to suspend oh, his campaign. No, I, oh. eventually became the mayor of Cincinnati. Oh, Jerry, oh, Jerry Springer! Springer. Jerry Springer! Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. Wow, 
71. 71 years wow. old. He looks good for 71. Yeah, hosting Jerry, a show on the Jerry. WWE Network. He, but he, I mean, does the Jerry Springer <laughs> show still exist? No, I, I think his so. bodyguard hosts a show in the same area, though. <laughs> so, yeah, it started in 1991 as a talk show that was pretty sedate and normal. And then the second season, they're like, we got to change the format. You can't where come on unless you fight. What if everyone just fights each other? Well, and then it just became as real as pro wrestling. Like, it was just every everybody was faking and just getting in yeah. a fight. If you didn't get a fight in the episode and you're in the audience, you'd be like, fuck this, I wanted a fight. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, taking us out, uh, another one of the many things that we got at Chappelle's show was some of his music. So, the tri- the parody of R. Kelly's uh, Ignition Doo-Doo's Doo-Doo Butter song. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go out with that. Uh, we'll be back with more 302010 next week. I'm going to be on you. Trip, 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 it's on you, it's on you. You never feel quite the same when you get a whiff of my Hershey stains. I wanna poop on you too. I want to pee in your food. Only thing to make my life complete is when I turn your face to a toilet seat. I want to pee on you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'll pee on you. I'll piss on you.